0: Every agency and media company seems to be selling the same thing these days. SEO, banner ads, search ads, OTT, social media management. But with everybody selling the same things, and nearly all of it owned by somebody else, is it time to rethink the business of reselling marketing commodities? In this episode, we do some of that rethinking, and turn to an expert in the business of what's become known as omni-channel marketing.
1: Welcome to the Local Marketing Trends Podcast, bringing you unique insights from two of the industry's brightest analysts and forecasters, Corey Elliott and Gordon Burrell. Today's podcast is sponsored by Frequence, the future of media, and by The Weather Company, the world's leading weather provider, offering data and visualizations that broadcasters need.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome into the podcast. I am one third of your hosts, Corey Elliott. The other two thirds of this omni-channel team is that man, Gordon Burrell. I have not gained that much weight. Don't, <laughs> do not know
1: what you are talking about. I will. Oh, it's it's brain weight. Never mind. Yeah, I'll, there you I'll go. claim that title. Thank you sure, very much. Sure,
0: sure, sure, sure. How are you doing, sir?
1: I'm doing great. How the hell are you, Corey? We're barreling toward our conference. It's just organized chaos. Yep. Uh, it's just uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the first week in March, the uh, 6th and 7th of March, and it's just kind of crazy out there. How you been doing? Everything
0: coming together? Yeah, it's it starting to come together. You, you reach that point right before a conference where you're like, okay, well, we're not going to do that, and you just <laughs> move on. So- but it looks fun. It's, I think, one of the biggest conferences we've ever had, right? It is.
1: Record yeah. attendance for Miami, not quite compared to, but close compared to the conferences we had in New York. So we've got barreling toward 400 people registered and it's it's going to be a great show. So, yeah. But, you know, we need to be talking about what we said, uh, what you said in the intro. Yeah. Intrigued by that because I'm going to be a bit of a sourpuss uh, on this and say I think things might be headed a little downhill this year and might surprise people if they're not really paying attention to what's going on.
0: What do you mean downhill? Are you talking about a recession? What what downhill are you referring to? It's some analysis that we've done in the past where you see a company
1: will sort of double down on digital. And this is maybe five, six, seven, eight years ago. We took a bunch of companies that were really doing well in the period or the date at which they you know, doubled down and hired more people and got more systems and everything. And their digital revenues, of course, and that's what we tracked, went up that that, right. that next year yeah. and then up again even higher the next year. And then maybe not so much the next year and then crashed the fourth or fifth year. And there are good reasons for that. So when you take a look at what happened during the pandemic, it's kind of the same phenomenon. People went, oh, crap, you know, nothing is selling except digital. They sold a lot of it. They strategized a bit more because they had time. And then they sold a lot more in 2021 and 2022 was a very strong year. This might be the year that, you know, things crash and people go, wow, wait, you know, compared to previous years when it was up and up and up and up you know, now we're going to be flat or maybe even down. So it's kind of an, it might be an adjustment year. Now,
0: okay. But are you talking about like uh, margins? Are you talking about own and operated stuff? Are you talking about, is a factor that they're going out and paying, you know, other other companies to
1: do stuff? I'm talking about, margins fueling a negativity that says, yeah, let's stop doing that or let's stop and rethink that. Let's stop sales and rethink that strategy. So total revenues have the potential, you know, all our data shows that digital revenues for, for most media companies selling all this stuff and agencies, it's going to go up. But I'm saying, I'm not so sure about that because of the margin issue.
0: Right, right. The pendulum seems to swing, doesn't it? Where we get all a lot of media companies get very excited about all the digital things out there. And then at some point they say, wait, we can do all this stuff ourselves and bring it all back in house or vice versa. So that's out there. I think everybody's in a different phase of that right now.
1: There's a whole lot of hand-wringing going on, Um, and and I think it's unfortunate if it is occurring, and I'm right, because we're at a tipping point this year, particularly for radio, where we looked at eight publicly held radio companies and found that half of their revenue last year, their total revenue growth – Half of it came from digital. So this year, more than half will come from digital, which means digital is the biggest driver. And we had that headline uh, from Gannett, Corey, 19% growth. Yeah. And then, well, there was 19% growth. Their stock was up 19% at at, at Gannett because of strong growth in the fourth quarter with their digital only segment. Yep. Yep. So now everybody's going, well, digital is it. You know, we really, you know, need to move forward. But I think someone's going to just reevaluate things from a financial perspective and say, hey, we're not making a whole lot of margins in this. You know, let's cut, 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 or let's rethink it. And you know what? It could be a good decision. It could be a really bad decision. I got the sense that you think because of our advertiser surveys and what advertisers are buying might think it's a really bad idea.
0: Again, and everybody knows I get on this soapbox, it, it still isn't about product, product, product. I mean, that's not what the local advertisers are asking for. Nobody's out there asking for, hey, bring me more digital solutions. They're not. They're asking for marketing plans. And I think sometimes that gets ignored.
1: Yeah. And I also think that, you know, the marketing plans, we get to this buzzword omni channel and that is, yeah, I really do. I, I get this great idea, this great promotion, and I'd love to do a video about it, but can we also do it a banner ad and shouldn't we should also put it on our Facebook page and maybe we pump something out to Instagram reels and should we buy some keywords around it? You know, so that becomes multi-channel. My point, Has always been. Well, if advertisers are more interested in social media, that's probably number one, and search number two than anything else if you're not selling those products somebody is and they're going to go to somebody and that somebody's going to influence them on what else to buy so that's where your O &O products come in you know it's it's not a loss leader to sell those things but it is somewhat of a necessary evil you know i think we ought to turn to an expert on this yes Uh,
0: (laughs) got anybody in mind yeah no 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 i I guess that's it i guess there's nobody out there yeah,
1: well, we should probably keep talking after the break amongst ourselves. We've got Oliver Jacob, who's president of Frequence. We did some work with them about two years ago, year, maybe a year ago. It was a white paper on the growth of these digital agencies and the efficiency of, you know, running these agencies. And it was really a great experience. These are very smart people. Oliver is president and co-founder of Frequence, and he's got a lot of insights and expertise based on their own research into loads, thousands of thousands of campaigns on omni-channel marketing and what they're seeing with media companies that are helping advertisers and agencies with it. So let's get to that interview right after this.
0: Automate your digital advertising workflow with the only platform that does it all. Frequence connects every part of your process, sales, operations, and reporting from beginning to end. Frequence's all-in-one platform makes advertising automation possible. The future of media is here. Visit Frequence.com to get started.
1: The Weather Company combines enterprise-class production tools and visualizations with advanced weather data to help television broadcasters create more personalized weather casts across platforms, whether they're watching at home, on television, or on their mobile devices on the go. The Weather Company's suite of products will engage audiences throughout the day and keep them coming back for more. Visit us at ibm.com
2: slash weather.
1: Okay, I've got with me Oliver Jacob from Frequence. He's the president and co-founder. Oliver, welcome to the show.
2: Gordon, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Hey, great. I don't know whether you heard any of the earlier conversation earlier in the show of Corey and me bantering about, uh, I guess, doing some hand-ring, Oliver, on media companies used to have such high margins selling their own inventory, and now they're selling all kinds of other things seeing lower margins in it, of course, because they're reselling other people's uh, inventory. But I wanted to bring you on the show in particular because you've done some great research and you're certainly at Frequence, you know, ahead of the game looking at this omni-channel marketing phenomenon that's occurring. And so I wanted you to talk a little bit about that, a little bit about what you're finding But let's start first with the third-party issue. So what's your initial response to third-party products having
2: poor margins, and even though everybody's selling them? Yeah, Gordon. So let me address a couple of things that that I heard you and Corey talking about earlier about third-party products. So you're mentioning margins aren't great, and and you also question why are we even selling these products to begin with? Why not just focus on owned and operated? Now, I know we're going to get into these a little bit more today, but just at, at a high level... Starting with margins, Gordon, I think you, know, you are correct. Margins are less for third-party products, but that does deserve some, some clarification. A lot of media companies out there consider their owned and operated to be a 100% margin product. And when that's the case, anything compared to that is going to fall short.
1: To be fair, they're not just selling those those products. So it's like, okay, we have to do this. So we've got to sell some audio. Would you would you like fries with that? Right? We're gonna sell some podcasting uh, spots with that, or streaming audio spots, or streaming video spots, or, or banners. Let's let's back up and talk about omni channel advertising. Let's define it. How
2: would you define it? Omni channel is simply the process of reaching the same user with targeted advertisements across more than one channel, and that channel can be. Uh, offline, it can be online, traditional, or digital, but it's just more than one channel.
1: And so there's one statistic in particular that that I saw in this report you did on omnichannel marketing, and it it really just stuck out, and it's a bar chart. And it shows usage of CTV, display, display plus CTV, pre-roll, et cetera. It says, adding video to a display campaign increases the conversion rate by three times. So, that's got to be a phenomenal return. What other data do you have that show the effectiveness of omni channel marketing?
2: Yeah, Gordon. Well, well, multiple studies have been done over the past few years demonstrating that omni channel or hitting the, the same user across more than one channel is more effective than single channel advertising. So, as far back as 2017, Google was putting out studies that omni channel studies or, or strategies are going to drive an 80% higher rate of, of store visits. The same year, Facebook put out a study that 94% of people uh, that are watching TV have a smartphone with them. But the data around omni-channel effectiveness is is extensive. Last year, Frequence published a white paper on the effectiveness of these, these strategies, of, of omni-channel strategies, but at the local level. So it was the first of its kind because most studies before that have really been derived based on, on national data, national advertisers. And we looked at, at billions of impressions across thousands of advertisements, and we able to confirm that combining media products at the local level led to higher conversion rates. So we saw up to a three, 3x increase in conversion rates, and these conversions came at a lower cost. So we saw up to a 50% reduction in the cost per conversion, and we saw this across all industries. So let's say
1: you've still got the owner saying, damn it, I really want things to be more uh, profitable here. You know, we need to get our margins up in this business. What suggestions would you have for media companies, you know, help bent on selling third-party products? They kind of have to in today's world. But how do you make that more profitable?
2: Yeah, well, with third-party products, Gordon, we, we typically see margins, you know, out there ranging from 30 to 70%. Now, that that is a wide range, and it is heavily dependent on product. But if, if you want to be at the healthier end of that margin spectrum, you have to be incredibly operationally efficient, because if, if you're scaling the wrong way, then yes, then third party products will be will be a slow bleed. But at 30 to 70 percent, you can make money, but you do need a technology partner that's going to help you coordinate these these products across your sales operations and, and reporting processes.
1: So when you look at an omni-channel marketing mix, Oliver, is it, often that you have, say, the core product itself, which tends to be fairly expensive and less targeted, whether it's a print ad, the newspaper, or a broadcast TV, or a radio spot. Are they a significant or important part of the mix? Or is the most, this is going to be a tough question, is the most effective in terms of conversions and efficiency, the most effective campaigns all in digital? And we're just
2: talking about omni-channel in digital. That's a great question, Gordon, uh, and it really strikes the heart of why are we even offering omni channel for our, for our clients. You know, the the data is conclusive. Omni channel is is more effective than single channel advertising. So I think that the first reason why you want to offer for your clients is you want to give your your advertisers the most effective form of advertising. The second reason is is you you want to own the relationship. You know, you you want to stay relevant in the eyes of the advertiser. They know that they're clients and their customers are consuming media cross-channel. And you want to provide them with strategies in order to accomplish that. But the third point, and this really speaks to your your question here, is that omni-channel is actually going to enable you, the media company, to sell more owned and operated inventory. So again, omni-channel enables you to sell more owned and operated inventory because just like third-party products, owned and operated is also a a, a critical and necessary part of an omni-channel schedule. I mean, Owned and operated, Gordon should be part of every single proposal going out the door.
1: Yeah, I think I would agree with that. But let me go back on one thing that I never heard it said quite the way you did, and that and it's a very powerful statement if it's true. And that is, if you if you're going to be selling all of these digital products and have a great you know prowess in them, it's going to help you sell more of your core product, which is really what you want to sell more of. And we haven't heard that. You know, it's always been kind of the other way around. Well, we're going to sell this core product, and then we're going to have an add-on to it. We're going to sell some banners and some other things. But it may actually help. We firmly believe it, by the way. We've seen it. It actually helps drive more core product yeah. sales. So let me let me ask you one last question here. You guys are really, really big on video. I'm looking at, and then I get it from this, this paper, I'm looking at all of these things uh, leading to a conclusion that says, consider a video-first strategy when targeting customers. What are you seeing that convinces you that video, ostensibly, probably mostly OTT, is, is such a
2: powerful part of an omni-channel package? Well, you know, I, I think any omni-channel strategy, you're going to have to consider which products you're offering, what is your, what is your owned and operated, which tactics do you want to support in, in addition to that? And then you're going to have to, to think about what's going to... What's going to be the most effective strategy for the advertiser? You know, where are their customers? And that's really what the proposal process is all about. You're going to take all of your tactics and, and try and construct an optimal strategy, an omni-channel strategy, which is going to be optimized for omni-channel reach. And, and what we see often is that video is, in fact, a, a central part of that. And it continues to be a central part of that as, as we see that more and more people are just consuming OTT and, and CTV advertising.
1: And to be fair, it's not like, well, it needs to be almost all video. you're recommending here. I'm looking in this paper again. the optimal split is seventy to seventy five percent display ads and twenty five to thirty percent video. I would be thinking, well, maybe they're you know maybe it's the other way around. Maybe video should really lead, as you say, and it should be the majority of the spending. but you're saying more display, but by that, I think you probably
2: mean banners that's right, that's right and and it does. You know, Gordon, the, th- the thing about um, when you put together an omni-channel media plan, it is heavily dependent on the goals of the advertiser and also the goals of, uh, you know, the, the media companies owned and operated components. So just bringing it back to that, like, you know, at Frequence, one of our partners is a large national print publisher. They fully embrace the practice of, of including owned and operated in all of their omni-channel proposals. So. I took a look at, at the proposals that they developed last year, all last year 2022, and found that 99% of their proposals were omnichannel. So they included more than one channel in those proposals. And 85% of those proposals included an owned and operated component. And that was either digital owned and operated or or print. So pretty powerful data when you think about how companies are using omnichannel to sell more owned and operated. But every omnichannel strategy is going to be different. It's going to be different based on the advertiser's goals. It's going to be different based on their clients, their customers, and how they're consuming media.
1: Hey, there was something you had mentioned uh, that you wanted to talk about with regard to video and particularly about uh, regard to costs,
2: right? Yeah. Gordon, one of the things that you and Corey mentioned at the outset is is media companies are asking themselves how do we sell these products and be more profitable how do we how do we make more money with it and i think that you know as we talk about omnichannel the biggest cost with omnichannel is really the complexity of managing all of these different media types and so an important question to ask yourself is does my sales operations and reporting processes all follow one common coordinated system and if the answer is no, then, then yeah, then, then you are tripling your overhead. You know, and I mentioned it before, but you need a technology partner to coordinate this because integrated technology is definitely going to drive efficiency and bring down those operations costs, which is what we're seeing to be a common goal of media companies this year and, and moving to next
1: outside the bigger sophisticated companies who just have to have greater coordination what do you, what are you seeing are people just using multiple systems to manage and place video and then go over here and place targeted banners you know through an audience extension network and and then maybe not tracking it all and tracking conversion rates of the whole campaign together
2: you know as we're seeing the hyper fragmentation of channels that is going to be an, an increasing problem is is companies will use uh, disparate systems, we call them point solutions. So at every point in the sales operations and reporting process, if you're if you're using individual systems, it becomes harder and harder to streamline them as you see more and more fragmentation of, of media at the local level. So so yeah, we we do see that. Yes. It sounds like it's less of a of a cost issue, although that kind of comes into
1: play. You always want things to be coordinated, but more of an opportunity issue, if I'm not mistaken. And that would be if you can track things together and start putting things together, you come up with a combined, say, conversion rate uh, that, that it looks a lot more powerful than if
2: you're tracking them separately. Yeah, it it certainly does that, Gordon. It, it improves everything. So you're going to see efficiencies across the board. You're going to bring your operations costs down. You're You're, you're going to see fewer mistakes. You're going to see more coordination among the products, which is what you're getting at. Um, we know that omnichannel is the most effective form of advertising, and so being able to move away from last touch metrics and really evaluate the effectiveness of the the entire campaign, all products you, working together, and and you're absolutely right. This is this is part of that.
1: Tell us a little
2: bit more, Oliver, about uh, Frequence uh, and what you guys do. Just you know, brief overview. Frequence is an end-to-end platform that enables the salespeople at media companies to. In a matter of moments, generate a data-driven omni-channel media plan. Now, I'm not just talking about a proposal, I'm talking about an actionable media plan. And within the same platform, execute, optimize, edit, and report on, on these, these campaigns. So a lot of what we talked about today was omni-channel, the fragmentation of media sources and the difficulty of scaling that for, for local advertisers. We bring all of that data together across sales, operations, and processes, in order to report back a complete picture of what happened with the campaign to the local advertiser. Fantastic. How do folks get in touch with you? Frequence.com. We we love to talk to people. Just fill out a form, let us know that you'd like a demo and, and we'll we'll uh, we'd be happy to provide one.
1: Oliver, thanks for being on the show.
2: Thank you very much, Gordon.
0: Gordon I think one of my favorite parts of that interview it was so cute when he said way back in 2017 there was some research <laughs> it's like wow way the, back the in. the omni-channel research he said that's been a, that that idea of getting more of a lift from more channels I remember seeing reports back in you know 2000 2001 uh, about studies that show newspaper combined with TV, combined with radio gets you more lift. So it's just not surprising to see it happening in digital too.
1: Yeah, it's not new, but to tell you the truth, with so many new businesses coming in, novice businesses, it's new to them. Yeah, um, it's just a natural thing. If you don't know about marketing, to say, yeah, I'll, I'll buy an ad, I'll place a coupon, you know, in the mail, uh, and and sit back and wait for everything to kind of roll in, the phone to ring. You know, true real marketing doesn't work that way. And I think it's because we have new channels all the time. It's just this constant study. Okay, what's the best mix? You know, is it search and social and video or is it video and search alone? Is it right?
0: That brings up a good point. When you think about traditional media companies and the own and operated stuff and you guys talked about, oh, you know, always include you got to include your core product, your core product. This is going to sound bad, but stick with me. Doesn't your core product become an anchor at that point? And what I mean is the promise of digital is that, man, you can get your message to anyone, anywhere, anytime, but as soon as you hook a traditional, let's pick on newspaper, new printed newspaper, doesn't that anchor you to that audience? Meaning it doesn't matter if all the digital stuff is only reaching people who don't read the paper. The effect in the paper isn't going to do anything. You see what I'm saying? I do, for once. Um, <laughs> it's interesting
1: because you have a lot of people with a lot of opinions internal in these media companies or agencies as to, you know, what works best and what they should be leading with. And here it is. To me, it's just really clear. You got to leave it digital. That's where the questions are. That's where the advertiser wants to to have discussions, you know, and that's that's what they want to buy. More than anything else, the majority of advertisers are buying these digital products. The minority, in most cases, are buying the traditional media. But here's the thing that's soothing to those media egos, and that is, The core product, your owned and operated stuff, is your strategic competitive advantage. To any fool just selling digital stuff, right? Any digital agency just selling digital stuff, you know, they don't have the control and they don't have of the audience in that one product, you know, and you do and you have a mastery of it and you have the ability to insert stuff in programming, you know, even if it's just a sponsorship of the weather, you know, or something like that. So I think that's uh, the media's a strategic well, competitive advantage.
0: You know, well, that means then that the best data you have is on your own audience, your first party data. That becomes paramount because that's what you can leverage that nobody else has.
1: Yep. And we're going to be talking about that at the conference in Miami. That's a big, uh, big discussion, the the uh, first party data issue. It's it's confusing to a lot of people, but we'll try to demystify it. Hey, you looking forward to Miami? you going to be
0: hot down there, Corey absolutely i'm always eager to shed some clothes oh god i don't want to no no sweaters just like sweaters and stuff
1: oh oh, good yeah thanks just had a momentary flash of you it's
0: speedos and my eyes started to bleed oh what do you think's under my sweater
1: you've been listening to the local marketing trends podcast sponsored by frequents and by the weather company If you have submissions or ideas for future shows, or if you'd like to be a guest, email the hosts at podcast at BorellAssociates.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, market
0: well.